This is Jeff Steitzer, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Double kill, triple kill, overkill, killing spree, killing frenzy, Kilimanjaro, kill tacular, kill apocalypse, slayer, mmm, brains. <laughs> Welcome one, welcome all to episode 160 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on January 14th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we discuss the recently revealed Xbox Developer Direct, a new way for Xbox to showcase its games to fans. Ubisoft is running into sincere financial issues that are impacting all of its major titles, including the oft-delayed Skull and Bones, and finally, we look ahead to some of the more immediate re- immediate releases of this quarter. And as always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, I'd like to start the show with words of kindness. But to start us off, would you offer words of kindness today? I would love to. Welcome, everyone. Um, my words of kindness this week, I want to thank my Sea of Thieves community uh, during the great cookie crisis of 2023. Uh, Oreo did some shady stuff. And FOMO is real and they helped me out. So I want to thank them because they're wonderful and I love them. You're referring, of course, to the uh, specifically European based Xbox Oreos that looked incredible and give unlocks in Sea of Thieves, Forza Horizon and Halo. Yes, yes, it is devastating to be uh, not included in that promotion because Oreos are one of my two top favorite cookies. I would buy tons of them. But I, yeah, yeah. So thank you to see these community. I have a lot of friends in Germany, it turns out. That's cool. Well, shout out to them because that's awesome. I'm jealous uh, because the coding in Halo looks incredible. Uh, the Sea of Thieves yeah. uh, library looks incredible. And I have not seen what it does for Forza, but I can only imagine it's equally as impressive. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone care about the Forza stuff. It's so weird. Yeah, Forza's getting a bad taste. I really am not happy with how Xbox has treated Forza Horizon 5. Uh, uh, more on that in, in a bit. but uh, So that was your Keelhaul community that, that gave you support there? It was, yeah. yeah. Plus a bunch of folks on Twitter, they just reached out. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but back in 2018, Chips Ahoy did a pretty pretty similar shady deal with uh, mm-hmm. codes and Sea of Thieves stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. back in 2018... A lot of us uh, Americans were trying to get codes for a lot of the Europeans who were excluded because apparently they don't have Chips Ahoy in Europe, which is really, really? weird. I guess <laughs> no one knew how to buy Chips Ahoy. They didn't even know what they were. It's, it's maddening. So it's funny that you say Oreos are your jam because I would choose a Chips Ahoy over an Oreo. I Traditionally, I would too. Chips Ahoy okay. are my go-to. Chewy, okay. love them. And then Oreos with like a nice tall glass of cold milk to dunk. Mm-hmm. Those that's that's like if I can't get Chips Ahoy, then I'd go Oreo. But Oreos are vegan. So if you if you wanted to have vegan cookies, Oreos are the best ones. OK, didn't know that. That's interesting. I, uh, I'm always a good for a crunchy cookie. You said Chewy. Now, I'm, I'm 
let me not let me not paint a picture that I don't <laughs> like a good chewy cookie. But I'm down for a, a crunchy cookie more often than not. I like a little crisp in my in my really? crisps. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's got to be soft or nothing. Interesting. Well, somebody clipped that part out. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. For my words of kindness uh, today, I want to give a shout out to Anubis and everybody else that has been so supportive of the changes uh, here at XCP. Anubis always DMing me with ideas, advice, uh, just one of the coolest guys around. I really appreciate him. And uh, I want to shout out everybody that's taking the time to go see the interview playlist over on the YouTube side of XCP. Uh, as I kind of broke those out with our first two interviews of 2023, we are the caretakers and sail forth. Uh, that's its own playlist. So seeing the hits it gets on audio feed is normal, but seeing it get hits over on YouTube is now separate. So that's interesting and fun to watch. So I appreciate you guys that are liking and commenting there. Uh, truly uplifting. And I've got more to come, which is exciting too. So that's fun. It's been really cool to see everyone being so awesome with the, with the new format. Very warm yeah. welcome. I love you all. Yeah, big time, man. To switch to video, to have you joining me, and to see so many people just commenting with words of, of uh, encouragement and excitement for us has been, it's been really neat, man. It's been, it's, it's a good confirmation that this was the right choice to, to get to work together, and I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was sure that we would be able to put out a good product, and I'm glad that other people, it, it's resonating with other folks, because mm-hmm. I think that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants a little uplifting a little fun in their in their life big time big time uh well dude we've got we had a lot of news from the last episode that we recorded to this one a lot of stuff happened microsoft announced its new uh direct method like its new showcase it's seemingly uh a replacement for the id at xbox showcases and the inside xbox showcases the new Xbox developer direct is going to be the format that they're starting off with in 2023 uh yet to see if it's going to be the standard. They'll probably see how it goes. But this is something that I and a lot of people have wanted is this pre-recorded, edited, clean approach to delivering a message to its uh, consumers and to its fan bases. Um, There's a lot to to break down. It was Jez Corden that leaked this a day ahead of the news going live, and then Xbox confirmed it the following day. Um, I feel like very simply they missed a shot here, though, Logan, to call it the direct Xbox. You know, just a yeah. callback right there. What do you think? I think it would have been fun to to have it as direct Xbox, but I like that it's it, in the title. They're telling you exactly what to expect. It is the direct for developers or the developer direct. So to, to see them finally give us uh, something to look forward to and, and to set expectations ahead of time, it's, it's really kind of cool. I really do hope this goes well. I know they've tried in the past to really try to like ham up like having people on stage and kind of pumping it up like an old e3 show and stuff like that but it's so hard to do that when you don't have a live audience to kind of cheer in between like uh points that you're that you're announcing and stuff so i hope this goes well i agree and there have been several inside xboxes that had the live audience that i absolutely loved there was one held in mexico city that was just Oh, that was full cool of one. energy. Yeah, it was full of energy yeah. and excitement. I would love to see them have an inside Xbox in Japan with Ooh. Japanese fans. I mean, Xbox has been doing a lot to bring in uh, JRPGs, to bring in Japanese audiences. Of course, it's not ever going to be the same as a Sony or, or a Nintendo. Uh, but, you know, you got Persona coming in. You got Kingdom Hearts that's, that's 
uh, here on our platform. It'd be cool to see them kind of do something there. But I like this developer direct idea and mindset uh, where they bring them in, they pre-record it. This one, this first one, of course, Wednesday, January 25th. Uh, it's going to be looking at four games specifically. I was I was not focused on this news when it first launched. Uh, I was helping my wife. She just had surgery, and I have a, I, I'm kind of under the weather, so we've been focused on us in our household. And so I was wondering if we were going to see stuff from Halo, if we were going to see stuff from Forza Horizon, were we going to see any new announcements kind of popping in? But yeah. Xbox did a good job at kind of nixing a bit of that and being very clear as to what's going to be at the show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they, that they gave us like a, a strong idea of like, Hey, you know, this is what you're going to hear or these are the, the studios that are going to hear from and stuff. And there's a little bit of everything in there, which is kind of cool. Um, so there should be at least something for everyone. Agreed. Agreed. Four major studios, uh, going to be spotlighted here. Uh, Arcane Austin, Mojang, Turn 10 and Zenimax, um, with Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall being the spotlighted games. Uh, they were quick to point out, and appropriately so, I might add, uh, that Starfield would have its own standalone show down the line. That's something they're already working on. Glad to hear that they kind of nixed any questions about that because everybody wants to know about Starfield uh, as that's been kind of the big major exclusive that uh, Xbox has been touting for the last few years. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they're bringing to the table. Elder Scrolls Online and Minecraft Legends uh, have a pretty mass appeal, but they're not games that I'm overly interested in, at least not at this point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they navigate that. Logan, I don't know this off the top of my head, but is Minecraft Legends, do you know if it's going multi-platform, like to Sony and such? Ooh, I don't know offhand. I imagine that it will just because that's one of the the things that Minecraft Legends is or Minecraft in general is actually kind of known for. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it went multi-plat, but I I just assume that it would be day one game pass. And that would be kind of like the most that mo that most people listening would probably care about. That's how I think of it as well. I very much think about uh some of the Xbox multi-platform titles that are first party uh, when they are multi-platform in general, I don't even care. I don't process that portion. I just think, Oh, it's in game pass. I'm fine. I never yeah. worry or even like bother to think about if it's going to be multi-platform. I'm sure elder scrolls online is uh, on some level. And that's, it looks that's awesome. like it's coming to everything, even last gen. So PlayStation four, PlayStation five, switch mm -hmm. xbox one xbox series consoles and windows mm -hmm. so it's interesting that their first developer direct has two multi-platform games you know on their competitors platforms and then two games that are going to be uh xbox specific and also current gen specific not going to be on xbox one forza motorsport and redfall which which excites me you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's great. I'm so stoked to see what Redfall brings to the table. I think I talked in last episode how quickly my turnaround has been on Redfall since seeing gameplay. It is now among my most anticipated. Seeing the gunplay, knowing that id software is involved, uh, I am just all in on what Redfall brings to the table. And I really hope we get a release date. I think we do. Yeah, I, I would love to get a, I, I think we will. I think that we're, you know, three to four months out from finding out like when that game's actually going to be or not finding out, but like when it's actually going to come out. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing 
the actual information that they're going to be doing because so far they everything that they've said for it is kind of set the stage and introduce the characters right you kind of know who's in the who's in the play and where the play is set um but we don't know what the actual like day to day is going to be like for you in the game and ever since they came out and talked a little bit more about the type of game that it'll be as opposed to the kind of back for blood or um left for dead style game uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to find out like what the single player and the multiplayer is going to be like. Um, I have a question for you though, Luke, because I plan Maybe. on playing this with friends. Okay. Are you going to be doing this single player at all? So that is a tough question for me. I typically prefer story based games to be single player. Gotham Knights is a recent example. That's a multiplayer centric game. I wanted to play that single player. Redfall. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've made my decision yet. I can see a world where I want to play it single player. However, if so, this is interesting. Uh, if you're playing solo, you don't get AI companions. It's just you. Yeah. So that to me pushes me more towards the multiplayer element. That tells me that, okay, uh, kind of like when going into DMZ and Call of Duty, going in solo is a harder thing. Oh, to yeah. Do. So I think with Redfall, I'm leaning more towards multiplayer. My hope is that uh, you, because it is, there are a lot of story-based elements, it's easy to jump in and out of other stories without losing something yourself. And yeah. so that will really be my determining factor because I want the story, but I want to play with my friends as well. So it's, it's a bit of a conundrum. I think once I know more, I can mm-hmm. make that more definitive. No, I want this to be multiplayer. I want it to be single player. Um, I kind of liken it to State of Decay. Mm, I don't know if you were into State yeah. of Decay, but you had your own community. You could play multiplayer. It was a blast, but it was still your community. And if you jumped in, you were in their community. I don't know if that's yeah. the case. Uh, I really do want to know more because I could go either way. What about you? I want to play this multiplayer. I, I would love to get a chance to see like what kind of ability combinations you can do with different characters. Like Obviously, certain characters have pros but they've got cons with them and those Mm -hmm. cons i think would be balanced out by having multiple characters in there with you to kind of you know if you don't have someone who's got long range and you're more of like a a kind of a turret style um cryptozoologist then Mm -hmm. having like the the uh the sniper raven character who can turn invisible and stuff like having them kind of cover long shots for you to be able to take out scouts and whatnot i think would be really fun to see like who who has certain strengths in games like i love being that person way in the back trying to get the snipes and just take out as many places or any as as many enemies as i can before i actually go in for like the the hand-to-hand kind of stuff and i think that's what i i'm looking forward to with the multiplayer is i want to see like how that all balances out because the trailers look like it's it's intended to be multiplayer Mm-hmm. But you're right. The story is important to me. Um, I think Halo Infinite does a really good job with uh, telling story as far as like, you know, not making sure that everyone is is involved with it. Like if you start a, a story point in Halo Infinite multiplayer um, in the in the campaign, it will teleport wherever the other Spartans are to that location to kind of move mm-hmm. forward and progress. So I'm very curious how that's going to play in a game that doesn't just immediately teleport you in, in to a place. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think like far cry, uh, does a, a pretty good job of trying to make sure that people are around when story is, is pushed forward and stuff, but it'll be interesting to see how arcane handles, uh, having story told in a game 
with multiple people in an open world setting. Agree. I fully agree. And uh, I want to think think of it a little bit about this release date schedule and cadence here, because we've got Forza Motorsport, you've got Starfield, you've got Redfall as kind of the big pillars. And with respect to Minecraft Legends, I don't know that that's on the same level. Same with Elder Scrolls Online. I don't know that people are thinking of those in the same kind of categories. So I'm wondering, when do that when does Xbox appropriately stagger these releases? When, when might we see them? Uh, January is pretty much a wrap at this point. You've got Age of Empires Definitive Edition at the end of the month. Uh, and then a lot of big third-party games through the course of February and March. Uh, you know, things like Hogwarts, things like Atomic Heart, which is Day One Game Pass, Woe Long, uh, Jedi Survivor, RE4. Like, those are big, big games. And I wonder, where do you put Redfall? Where do you put Forza Motorsport? Where do you put Starfield? If indeed you're all landing in the first half of 2023, uh, I feel like Starfield bumps into fall or, or uh, winter personally. But uh, where do you put those? How soon are we going to see Redfall? Is it as early as March? Do we see something as early as March? Or is April, May more likely? I, I'm i anticipating May for Redfall. I think getting it out before E3 is important for Microsoft to have a big first-party game in the first half of the year. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be a travesty to not have something big come out in the first half of the year. Or really, Because we really didn't have a, a, a strong 2022. And this game should be ready to go if they were originally projecting this to come out in July of 2022 and they pushed it back like if it wasn't going to come out in December I, I think they got to get it out before uh the six month mark of 2023 or there's something else going on with this game that we just don't know about like why why delay it more than a year or or, or you know about a year um from the original like projected date as for Starfield, yeah. though, I think Starfield, I think you're right. I think Starfield pushes out to September. And I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like September's like a, a good month. It gets it gets ahead before most of the stuff that usually comes, like a Battlefield or a Call of Duty, which I don't think we're actually getting a, a Battlefield or a Call of Duty this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think having Starfield in the, the fall season uh, or, or like end of summer is is probably the the best place for it to land compared to when we expect other big titles to land plus it's enough time for people to get in really play it and give it an opportunity to have a shot at like the game awards if they want to if they are trying to go for that kind of game of the year uh, uh kind of marker as opposed to like spider-man or or final fantasy 16 stuff like that I'm curious if they'll take a Sony approach where they put out a big game next to a racing game. Like will Redfall and Forza Motorsport kind of Ooh. go close to each other the way Gran Turismo and Horizon did. And then maybe like maybe that happens May, uh, April, May. And then in June or, or July, Starfield hits because I don't think Starfield would get overlapped by E3 announcements. I don't anticipate that. Uh, that said, what then would you have for your big kind of holiday push would you need a holiday game i think the answer is yes uh with respect to minecraft legends and elder scrolls i don't think they have the same impact uh and then you'd be relying on something like a hellblade 2 or some other big title as your holiday game or you yeah. just don't have one 
you just don't have them. Because I think you're right. Battlefield, Call of Duty, not happening this year, which is good. Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I think it sounds weird, but I don't think that Xbox really needs one. Because we what well, we didn't really have anything last year, did we? We and, we had expansions to known quantities, and you yeah. still got a Forza Horizon Five expansion sometime this year. You've got ongoing content for Sea of Thieves and Halo. Yeah, uh, I don't see a need for a fourth. Yeah, I, I just, I, it's it just much, breaks tradition. I I think it would be great, but if last year's, I mean, in last year. If if you guys were out there shopping, you couldn't keep the Series S out of your mouth. It was mm-hmm. it was two hundred bucks on sale, and everyone was talking about the console. No one was really thinking about like what the games were because it doesn't matter. Game Pass is the game. So right. I feel like for Xbox, as much as it seems weird, Sony didn't have um, a big game at the holiday season for twenty twenty one. Uh, they did for 2022 um, and for 2022 or no 2021 I think uh, uh, Halo was no was Halo yeah, yeah Halo, Halo was last year. Horizon were the big 2021 games that's right and then Sony just ruled 2022 with Horizon yep. Gran Turismo God of War Ragnarok yeah God uh, of War strength. was their their holiday one but yeah. yeah I I think I don't think that Xbox is going to have anything. I think that, you know, it'd be cool if they did because that's a great time to, you know, have something to look forward to for the holiday season for gift giving and stuff. Um, but, I, it, you know, it would be kind of a bummer to have Starfield out so early that people are like, oh, I really want to play it, but I got to wait till Christmas kind of thing. That would be a shame. Um, but at the same time, they won Game Pass. You, you don't technically have to buy it. So right. it's right. tough, but I don't think I, they do. I wonder if you don't see Starfield out kind of summertime around E3 uh, and then holiday bundles, maybe holiday bundles mm-hmm. with, you know, a Red Falls, Redfield Starfield bundle or a special edition bundle where you do a slew of special edition controllers or something like that as your second wave or third wave push on those yeah. titles. Um, or maybe it's like an expansion to it or DLC drop for, for something. I think that's more likely. I would be willing to bet you see minecraft legends forza motorsport uh redfall and starfield kind of the first half of 2023 maybe a little bit into the early fall late summer uh, but then no holiday game and it's content drops or second wave pushes their wave pushes uh dlc that kind of stuff that's what i would anticipate you you get out of a 2023 microsoft uh, at least that's that's my that's my take on it. And I think it was Todd Oxtra who wrote in and said, 2023 has been a great year. Uh, has to be a great year for Xbox Studios. 2024, a pivotal year to show they can have continuous success year over year. What's the minimum level of Xbox Studio success going forward with or without Activision Blizzard? And I think it's just that minimum level. You've got those three major titles, Forza, Redfall, Starfield, uh, and then content for your existing titles through the course of 2023 with new titles to come in 2024 and when i say new we know a lot about xbox's upcoming catalog uh todd like we know state of decay avowed fable Everwild. we know about uh perfect dark we know about indiana jones we know about uh i think contraband more. contraband thank you whatever that is yeah, whatever that is. And I could swear there's at least two more, one of them being a uh, machine games title that's not Indiana oh, Jones. Oh, yeah. 
but nonetheless, we know a lot about what Xbox is working on. I don't need new in terms of new games that we already or that, that we don't know about. I need to see proof in the pudding. I, what's avowed? What is that game? What's Perfect Dark going to look like? Uh, what, is, what is Everwild, if that ever is going to come out? Because right now it's an off-delay title. Uh, without Activision Blizzard, I need to know what's happening with those titles. And with Activision Blizzard, because I think it's a, it's a worthy question, is there a plan to revitalize franchises that have been gone? Is Toys for Bob going to make a new Spyro? Is that um, amazing concept of a digital uh, Skylanders coming in? Are you going to do things to the Activision Blizzard catalog that brings back StarCraft and such? That's what I want to find out in 2023. Is it or is it not happening? Are you bringing things in? What are you bringing in? So that yeah. to me is the 2023 landscape of, of information plus releases with those titles we talked about. Uh, and then what 2024 brings. So that's my thought process on Todd's question. Yeah, I think uh, right now we are seeing the minimum level. Um, I think the thing that is hurting the most for Xbox right now, when it comes to like perception are those heavy hitters coming to game pass that are third party. Uh, I think it would be fantastic. Like monster hunter rise is a good get for game pass. It really is. Um, because I don't think that a lot of Xbox gamers are familiar with it. And I think that it coming to game pass is going to have a real strong opportunity for people who have not played that because it's been on switch for the last like year to be able to try out a game without necessarily needing to do that xbox needs to continue to do that i would love to see hogwarts legacy on there i don't think hogwarts legacy is going to do that because they seem pretty strong on uh producing content solely for for sony's platform um so i think those deals are already set in place uh mm -hmm. but i think that resident evil 4 remake would be a fantastic get for game pass and i think that's what a uh the bare minimum should be for microsoft really? if you can't get those first party titles like get the get the third or get the third party stuff on a uh, game pass okay let me counterpunch you on this one and just see what okay. your thought process is we know they got age of empires they're doing persona 5 uh sorry persona yeah. 3 4 monster hunter rise all in the game pass uh wanted dead is which is a game i'm actually interested in that one i believe is coming i mean don't quote me on that one but you do have atomic heart on the 21st of february and woe long on march 2nd that's within a month of where re4 would be to me those are pretty big game pass pickups atomic heart and woe long yeah why is that not enough versus re4 because to me re4 is really punching high that's that's a major game that's I that's way major i think it, a lot of it comes down to name recognition okay. you you if you if you were to tell if you were to ask anyone who is not deep in to gaming mm -hmm. what is wolong they probably would have no idea atomic heart is a very nebulous name for a game but if you watch it then you get an idea of kind of what it is it's kind of like a metro exodus kind of game okay but resident evil has a name cache that comes with it that opens eyes and says like wow xbox paid the money to get resident evil uh for remake on game pass day one that is that is huge that will drive a lot of fans given how old that game is 
that that will bring a lot of people to sign up for game pass which is what i think microsoft continuously needs to drive for interesting i don't so so rational question then do you predict this happening no (laughs) as much as i as much as i want it to happen i don't think microsoft is going to do it because i think capcom like they have they're very good at helping uh xbox like they've got a great relationship with xbox but i think that even capcom knows that resident evil 4 remake is going to sell tons and that game is going to be the game that funds resident evil 8 so if they want to really capitalize on it unless microsoft backs up a couple huge trucks trucks of of money and just dumps them on capcom's doorstep or gives them like a percentage of the of the the, you know something to really incentivize that deal i don't see capcom needing to take it because it is a huge multi-platform release and as it's it's not a contractual obligation is like the show where like the show has to be put on all the consoles so mlb is willing to take the 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 bag of cash from microsoft to put it on game pass to Mm -hmm. like tell people like hey this is a baseball game if you didn't know what a baseball game is because you haven't had a baseball game in decades Mm -hmm. resident evil known quantity it would be a massive get for xbox it would be punching above their weight at that point Mm -hmm. and but i think that's what they should do i think that is is what is going to open people's eyes because then the next question is is what's next after that like what is a, a huge thing because looking at what sony's doing for their ps plus games compared to uh like what xbox has been doing recently for um game pass sony just put out jedi fallen order on playstation plus right that is a fantastic game and the sequel is coming out this year which means that you're you're building in a player fandom through your free titles Xbox doesn't have a way to do that that would really kind of uh, show like if anything they have Jedi Fallen Order on Game Pass but they aren't telling people to go play Jedi Fallen Order before uh the next the, the sequel comes out this year. So they need to bring in something that is is big. And I think Resident Evil 4 is is big enough to to draw attention away from it being talked about across the board and just being talked about how it's on game pass. So I don't agree with you, uh, but, but let me, let me see if I can explain why Uh, your point is well made. Like a big splash is important. However, Mm -hmm. I don't think the bar gets lower as far as attention to Microsoft titles than it is now. 2022. I, I thought for a week year, it was a pretty great year, but it was a week year. You know what I mean? Uh, but they did yeah. a good job bringing titles to the platform and such. Game Pass is not going to grow in my mind until the first party stuff really hits. Jedi Fallen Order is a good example, but that's been available via EA Access with the trials. And uh, I can't remember if it's in the vaults or not, but there's an EA Access element to it. I also think Ubisoft Plus is kind of on its way in. We'll probably touch on that in our next topic. And Game Pass is doing a lot of stuff between, I, I know I mentioned their Personas, Monster Hunter, uh, Atomic Heart, Wolong. That's a lot for people that know, but you're right about name recognition. However, why spend the money on Resident Evil if you're Microsoft when you're facing the increased price of games, when you're facing the idea that you might have to raise the price of your console this year now that we're out of the window of time? 
and you've got Redfall, Starfield, Forza on the way. Why spend the money for the big hits when Redfield, Star, uh, Redfield, Starfield, Starfield, Redfall, Starfield, Forza, easy, uh, is coming? That's your that's your hit to bring in Game Pass subscriptions. So I don't see spending the money rationally if you're Microsoft on that big title when you've got the reason for Game Pass on its way this year. I agree with you. They need it, but I don't know that they rationally should do it. I think the reason you do it is you want to build a good relationship with Capcom. Mm, okay. You want to you want to get Japanese developers to invest in your console and showing goodwill by dumping a bunch of cash for Resident Evil 4 is a good way to say like we want your content on our platform. We want to have games come to Xbox. Like they've got Kojima building a cloud-based case, uh, game. They've got uh, now with, with, um, uh, oh gosh, I just blanked on, uh, the studios that, that do all the persona games. It's like arc or something. I'm, I'm blanking on that Atlas. Thank you. Uh, and they've got like the Yakuza stuff. So they're, they're mm-hmm. good with, you know, a fair amount right now. They're making good and deals. Monster Hunters Capcom. So there's, a, there's something there, but not, oh, but not true. Resident Evil four, but not Resident gosh, Evil four fair. level. That's fair. <laughs> To the American audiences, though, you're right. Resident Evil, I think, is more recognizable than Monster Hunter. Um, yeah. So that's fair. Capcom is not synonymous with Xbox, nor synonymous with anybody right now. Maybe Nintendo. But but you're right. And I would say that if it's not Resident Evil 4, to, to your logic of like getting the big in with Capcom, if not Resident Evil 4, you put Street Fighter 6, a fighting game that needs people, Ooh. you put that bad boy on Game Pass, you got to win. That's a that win is. right there. You know, you, you bring up some really good points. Monster Hunter Rise is a multiplayer game. That is that is exactly Microsoft's bag. Street Fighter 6 is a multiplayer game. That's Street Fighter, or that's that's right up Microsoft's bag. Game Pass is developed in, in the idea that you're playing with your friends and everyone has the same access to all the games, so it makes sense. Resident Evil is a first-party game. You don't necessarily need to throw that on game pass because it's not it's going to give access to games for a lot of people but I, honestly i can't argue with you you i think it'd be really good recognition wise but at, considering like the content that they could bring to xbox game pass given like what their mo is for game pass i think you bring up strong points all right so at that point then we're going to ask listeners write in put in the comment section tweet at us let us know kind of where you stand on it, it is resident evil 4 the game that capcom uh, and Microsoft should be hooking up on as far as Game Pass, or is it Street Fighter? Do they, have they already done enough? Where do you land kind of on this discussion as far as you know bringing eyes to Game Pass? Uh, don't say all of them, because <laughs> that's that would be my smart aleck. All of them, all of them. Uh, but yeah, listeners, let us know. Comment section on YouTube, tweet us. Uh, let us know where you're at on this one because I think it's a good, worthwhile question. Uh, Logan, let me let me touch on a few more Xbox specific uh, stuff before we move into Ubisoft as a topic Uh, for this developer direct. You're going to have creative directors and other senior developers from the studios. We talked about uh, Playground, uh, Playground and hold on, Turn 10, ZeniMax Online, Mojang and Arcane Austin. All of them will be there to represent Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft and Redfall. Uh, Starfield's getting its own thing. 
other Xbox adjacent news, uh, Microsoft rolled out an update to its platforms that are going to slow the boot time a little bit on your consoles that are in standby uh, in order to work on energy saving uh, initiatives, uh, which is making it the first carbon aware console, which sounds like a buzzword, but uh, in all likelihood, nobody's going to really notice a big performance difference. That's kind of rolling out there. I like that kind of stuff, given how many consoles are out there. Uh, and it's on big corporations to to really work on more energy efficient uh, recycling initiatives to help our planet. And then I want to note that uh, Microsoft's Xbox and PC acclaimed uh, exclusive Forza Horizon 5 de senior developers and creative director have left Playground Games to form Maverick Games. No comment on what this means for Microsoft uh, and Playground. Kind of cool to see Forza Horizon 5 people spinning off, making their own thing. Uh, I wonder what it is they're going to be making. Did you make anything of this? I think that, you know, motorsport is close to getting locked in five is already kind of like solid they're good on that one everyone else is transitioning over to fable now we've seen, seen a couple developers announce that they're leaving forza horizon 5 development to start working on fable so i think this was one of those things where you have a big group of people who have been passionately making racing games for an extended amount of years and they want to keep doing that. They are passionate about racing games. They have the, the knowledge and that that's where their forte is. And they don't they don't feel that they necessarily want to jump into uh, making Fable, at which point I have to say kudos to them. Keep doing it because they're going to go off and make a fantastic racing game, which means that chances are the relationship with them and Xbox will maintain and they will probably bring it to Xbox, which means we'll see a new version of a, of a racing game come to Xbox that is made by the pedigree of Forza, but not necessarily a Forza style game. Uh, and in the meantime, they can start working on um, bringing in new developers who are excited about Fable, who are interested in, in developing that with some of the pedigree of the, the devs that are over at Playground Games and really, really narrow in kind of the, the hype for uh, what Fable is going to look like in the future. My my air of caution on this one, everybody, is right now I'm playing the Callisto Protocol and I'm really enjoying it, uh, really enjoying what I'm playing with it. But knowing full well, like when I look at this game, it's all presentation and needed more time in the oven. And I'm finding the fun, like make, that, make no mistake, I'm enjoying it. Um, but we've seen a slew of people leave their known studios, go to create more of what it was they were good at and bite off a little more they can chew. So my hope is that everybody keeps expectations in check for them for Maverick games, gives Maverick games time and the chance to make the game they want to make and that their financial woes aren't uh, forcing them to put it out ahead of time. Just keep the lessons of that stuff in mind uh, for sure. And then one quick aside, Logan, because I am loving Forza Horizon 5 right now. I've just, I would dove back in. I'm playing oh, more yeah. of the Hot Wheels stuff. So, so good. Uh, Phil Spencer's Drivatar has run me off the road several times, which is a funny thing. Because uh, <laughs> it's Phil Spencer. There he is. P3. He's ruthless. He's me off the he is ruthless. Yeah. Uh, Phil, come on, man. But the, the second expansion isn't out yet. And I will say again, when that expansion comes out, Microsoft needs to do right by Forza Horizon 5 and really put a lot of spotlight into that game because it's fantastic. And I really want it to be 
a showcase of crossovers and where you get to drive through Sea of Thieves levels, Gears levels, uh, other Xbox Pantheon titles. That is what I so desperately want to see happen with more Xbox studios. I want more uh, Xbox stuff in Sea of Thieves. I want more Xbox stuff in uh, Halo. Like, why don't we have Gears armor inspired types in Halo Infinite? I want to see more crossover stuff uh, in the multiplayer centric titles. I want to see that happen. So here's hoping that's what we get for Forza Horizon 5. But spotlight it, Xbox. Spotlight your game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love that. I think that's a great... It's one of the things about the Xbox games that I really love is, is that you can genuinely enjoy all of the games. And if you have a preference, the good news is, is that you're probably going to find something in some of the other games that will tie to that, to that preferenced game. And they just they, they do a really good job of that. They have a good relationship with all of the studios kind of talking to each other, loving each other's games and building content for it. And I, I hope that continues forward. It was cool when Battletoads liveries came, you know, came in conjunction <laughs> with uh, Battletoads launch in Sea of Thieves. You know what I mean? It was cool. when yeah. We got the watch Halo stuff on uh twitch get to unlock the halo stuff and see if these watch this get this in forza horizon i want more of that i loved when we had halo armors and gears of war 5 uh, i mm-hmm. want to see that kind of stuff happen more often because it's just fun it's fun doesn't need to be in your story content but like let it be there as, as a hey i'm playing forza but i love gears i'm driving an armadillo i love halo but i also love gears so i'm i got marcus phoenix's armor that kind of stuff is fun to me so, yeah, you know, 100 uh, percent. Kevin Ainsworth had written in asking us our Starfield showcase predictions for timing. I would be willing to bet we see a Starfield showcase in March. I would bet you we go February quiet and then kind of mid-March you get a showcase of Starfield, uh, maybe April, but I don't want it to go as far as May. I think March or April needs to be the time frame to see Starfield. What yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i think march is like halfway between e3 and and this direct like it's a good place to put something that will kind of kick people in and in, in get them invested in deeper richer content about what starfield is going to be because i think they're they've done a good job so far of kind of talking about it even outside of like directs there's actually been some really interesting news regarding like what the like what you're going to be able to do with um building out content like the modding world is going to have a lot of fun with so it'll be interesting to see if they showcase any of that in like a specific direct um but i definitely want to see that like march at the very latest agree agreed i think it's a good a good uh logic point to go with on that one oh goodness uh logan we are rocking and rolling here let's move on to ubisoft as a topic and it was jam pack sam that wrote in from uh, his show exhibition he writes a great show by the way you guys should check it out jam pack sam says i'd love to hear both of your thoughts on the future of ubisoft after news earlier this week how do they move forward from here any more acquisition talks in their future end quote now He's alluding to Ubisoft management announcing the cancellation of three unannounced titles in addition to the four that were axed in the last year. Uh, They're looking for roughly $200 million in cost reductions over two years, and it's also lowered its operating income forecast for the current year by roughly a billion dollars. I know what some of that stuff means, but in short, uh, they are needing to slimline 
how much they're producing so that they're not spending uh, production costs on stuff and they need to make more money from the stuff they have. A lot of developers are being shifted to other uh, projects that are going to be more promising. I'm thinking about all the free-to-play stuff that was announced over the last two years and then subsequently canceled. I'm thinking about Hyperscape. Uh, I feel like there was another one or two games in there that we saw it was going to be there and it's no longer shoot. They even tried out NFTs, Logan. Uh, And then of course, skull and bones delayed for a sixth time. Now, Oh boy. It's a bummer, right? It's, it's sad to see Ubisoft struggling with this because I think that they're putting, they're putting all of their fingers out there. They're trying, they're grasping for whatever they can, they can try and actually get. And you know that they want to find like that next hit. And it's, it's a shame because they're trying to stretch what they can do. And instead of like really honing in on what's important for, I think what gamers are looking forward to. And, and I think that they're starting to realize that they're getting stretched a little too thin and they're starting to come back and be like, okay, you know what? We're, we're trying too much here. We really need to focus up on on some of our main franchises, which are the things that people are asking for, instead of trying to go for all of these NFT, free-to-play, multiplayer, season pass game type ideas and start giving the titles that are in production a little more time and a little more focus and a little more love. And that's, it seems like a smart move to me. It's a bummer that they had to cancel stuff, but I think this is, this is the smart move as opposed to laying people off. It boggles my mind that a company who has control of the Tom Clancy IP, who could, Im- could impact Splinter Cell, who is so capable at creating great open world games. I mean, the, the Assassin's Creed games, you can argue any number of ways whether or not they're for you, but they're great. Like they're, they're high quality experiences. Why they've chosen to in the last few years trend chase is really beyond me. Uh, they had to even think about one of my favorite games that Ubisoft created uh, was Starlink, right? Do you remember Starlink? Yeah. It was a toy. Why was it. that game? Yeah. Cool Star Fox game. I got it. Uh, yeah. Cool Star Fox game over on Switch. It was on all platforms. You could buy a digital version. But why bother with the toys to life genre after its heyday? Why chase NFTs when all the gamers, which is your primary audience, were like, no to NFTs? No friggin' thanks. It, it's surprising to me if Ubisoft wants success truly, why doesn't leadership say, Hey, people have been asking for splinter cell time to make splinter cell. Hey, we've got the Tom Clancy IP. Let's stop trying to force it into areas that it doesn't need to be with like ghost recon breakpoint. Had that been a, uh, similar to wildlands where it was, you could play it solo or with people, but you didn't have to, I'd have been in, but breakpoint was a broken mess. Rushed to launch had too many, multiplayer elements that had to happen it felt darn near freemium at certain points where like i i was surprised it didn't make me watch an ad to get a gun kind of thing it just boggles my mind they have all this potential and they squander it yeah i you see certain successes i think mario and rabbits is one of their best titles that they've put out um for honor surprisingly enough is like one of their better titles that they've put out um rocksmith plus has is is a fantastic training tool for anyone that loves to play games but the license for that can't be cheap so i i they push that back as well too 
I think what Ubisoft needs to do is really try to take a look at, like you mentioned, some of the stuff that they have in their pedigree that they aren't touching because potentially either people are people there aren't interested in working on those franchises or they just are too worried about trying to overcome their past and you really can't do that you if you if you think this is a game if you have a good maybe they just don't have a good idea for what that is maybe they don't know what a stealth game in 2023 looks like and yep. that's it, it and that's i think the kind of given the the advances in ray tracing and having ray traced shadows i can't imagine a better time to be trying to build a stealth game that relies so heavily on hiding in shadows the way splinter cell did that they haven't tried that yet which is is surprising to me i have no clue why they're doing that but they'll keep prince of persia sands of time remake on the docket and continuously like just throw out trailers for for testing to see if it's going to hit with audiences and then if it's not take it back and keep working on it kind of thing it's it's so bizarre their mentality and i and it, I, honestly i blame the the top leadership i i, I blame ease for for not having a strong idea of where he wants these games to go and then putting onus on the the producers to say like it's on you to do this um which you know there's a difference between uh telling people to to do something to get the results and then leading people to the good results right right and i'm I'm thinking about their catalog and what direction those producers might be getting like hey we need another watchdogs game no you don't watchdogs hasn't performed the way you want it to they're good games by the way legion watchdogs one and two fun play them legion even if legion's on sale yeah you can get you can get legion for like less than 10 bucks right now on xbox yep agree uh and and you should watchdogs legion is fun but that was an off delayed title uh prince of persia how much mess have we seen go on with that but you control you control power in names when you have stuff like rayman far cry primal why not far cry primal 2 you know what I mean? Like people would play that. People liked that. You have Splinter Cell. You have Rainbow Six. You know, put put time into that. You don't need more Far Cry proper games, but but Primal could get another one. Uh, you've got titles that people want to play. Like if you put out another Rainbow Six game, just Rainbow Six, not Extraction, not some random weird thing with aliens or whatnot. Just a standard uh, Rainbow Six title. Bring it. Bring bring. <laughs> the ghost recon brand back to where it once was it it just surprises me why not splinter cell why not splinter cell i wonder if if there and and i always worry about the olds talking and trying to dictate what what game franchise should come back i always you know because i'm looking at things like extraction extraction was a really good idea um i think that it didn't hit quite as well as they hoped uh, but I do think that the that the premise of extraction was is interesting. Does it fall in line with the the quote unquote Tom Clancy thing? Not necessarily, but we don't have to adhere to that. Maybe we didn't have to call it uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six it, like extraction. You know, whatever you want to do. But I also do you think it's weird that you can genuinely predict the the discount rate for Ubisoft games? by months like three months it's down 20 bucks 
six months it's down 50 percent 12 months it's down to like 75 percent and generally over a year or more you can pick up that game and any of their games for 15 to 10 bucks is that like it seems weird that they're that they depreciate in value so quickly i don't know that see i have a hard time i don't think it depreciates i think that's a strategy by ubisoft i think Mm. that's ubisoft strategy i don't think that's because you see it happen in on digital fronts you see that happen with their new game sales uh, I think that's Ubisoft strategies, as is their strategy to put out a game on any new platform, regardless. Yeah, uh, you know, if it's a new system, they're going to put out a game on there. Um, that is, I think, Ubisoft mandate. But I think that mandate, a lot of those mandates need to be revisited, right? Stop yeah. announcing things so early that you're not actually working on Beyond Good and Evil Two, uh, being an example. I think the Skull and Bones deal with that six time delay. I mean, I interviewed the creative director. A, almost like over half a year ago at this point for season gaming and they were close to launch then yeah whoops so don't make a deal with singapore that requires you to put the game out if it's not going well you know there's a lot of strategic failings on ubisoft's part yeah it's 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 interesting that uh, there's it's just in, the whole the whole skull and bones things boggles my mind because that game has been in development since before 2018 when they announced it so that game effectively if it had close to the to the development cycle of sea of thieves which was uh right alongside it when when it was supposed to launch um skull and bones has probably been in production for close to seven to eight years at this point and having it delayed again really do really does kind of show like the beta test that they put out um recently really gave them feedback that they thought they were good on and given their their delay.jpg on twitter it's clear that they want to address some of the major things that came away from that beta test um which makes me makes me wonder they they may not know how long it's going to take to adjust some of those things because i think some of the criticisms that they got from that beta test um really did kind of show like they want people wanted or were expecting something different and they didn't anticipate that with skull and bones um which is a a bummer because i think a lot of people really love assassin's creed black flag and i think that the gunplay or the, the ship play in that is its its strongest draw for skull and bones um but to not really have a story and to build a game that is based on PVE and PVP servers, that that will have to be seen. Like we'll have to see how well that goes for them because it's a it's a very it's a very interesting take compared to what I think a lot of people were expecting. Man, if they had just made a ten hour, ten to fifteen hour naval combat game, dropped it at forty bucks, I'd yeah. have been in all day, in all day. But the scope. It seems to be consistently defeating AAA games can, over and over again. Yeah, uh, tri- AAA games deserve. Does they, I think they deserve uh, to be reined in a little bit? And I would hope over the next few years we see the big titles reduce their scope. I don't need every game to be the game. I don't yeah. need it to be a huge thing. If Skull and Bones had been that smaller. Uh, maybe 10 hours is too short, but 15 to 20. Just... I'd say 20 is a solid game. 20 hours. Yeah, okay. is a, I'm, I'm 50 hours into horizon zero dawn right now. And that's yeah. a lot. 
And I've been trying to get as much done as I can in that game. I'm way over leveled at this point. And I, at this point, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready yeah. to finish up the story. 50 hours is a lot for an open world game. Yeah, that'd be, see, I, I agree. Rain it in triple A's like Starfield to me is, is scary. Cyberpunk was scary. Some God of War I was nervous about, like sometimes the scope is just a bit too much. And I hope that that we see kind of a reigning in and maybe Ubisoft is the trendsetter in that they've got a shot here to change it. But I don't like Yves Gomal's attitude of say, putting the onus on them, putting the onus on the developers. It's like, no, the onus was on you to dictate decision making. And you had 408 free to play games, trend chasing things like NFTs when you could have put the immense talent that Ubisoft shows on more reasonable titles splinter cell rainbow six rayman uh immortals was a good launch to a new ip yeah could have had immortals 2 out here by now are are you waiting for you know breath of the wild 2 before you see where you go that that shouldn't be the case i don't know if it's again i'm just making that up but i do you do you think that because we you brought up starfield and and i or not starfield um starlink oh what one starlink is that what you mean starlink yes Thank you. So you brought up Starlink and how they relate to the party with Toys to Life. Do you think that's what kind of burned them and is is pushing them to be the trend chasing because they were so late to the party with Toys to Life that they're like, we don't want to be lost again. We don't want to be the last one showing up to the party with Toys to Life thing when everyone is getting out of the market. They want to jump on the newest thing so that they don't run into that. And that's the, that might have been the thing that was pushing uh, them to go after like the season pass free to play content or the, or the NFT content. Like, do you think that had a factor in, in their kind of moving forward with future titles? I think it had a factor. I think uh, games like hyperscape also had that. Wasn't that the apex chaser? Mm. Uh, I feel like it yeah. was, it fe- I mean, maybe it wasn't, but because it's all a lot of Ubisoft titles run together, at least in my <laughs> mind. And that stinks, you know, yeah. immortals, was breath of the wild if you played it you know it um by the way i love immortals i played the mess out of that it's game fun. i recommend it to everybody it's fun yeah it's a fun game i jumped back um, into it the other day for uh some xbox points which if you guys aren't doing that you need to go get your xbox points but yeah that was a it was fun to get back in there it's it's so i don't know if that's the game that burned them but like they had a really good uh flight combat system in starlink in a mm-hmm. genre that needed more games and where are the rest of them where's your yeah. where is that again that that concept that type of of game that genre isn't isn't seeing anything you could have had a, a genre all to yourself and yeah nothing nothing i think you had uh, the engine what was the the ea game the star wars one it was like squadron rogue squadron yeah, squadrons. Uh, like that. That was like the only competitor to Starlink at this point, and both had fantastic flight simulators for space combat. And it's just mm-hmm. like that's just that's not a market that people are apparently going for. Agreed. But it, you could totally own it if you wanted to. Oh well, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope that Ubisoft gets back on track. I'd be willing to bet you see some news over the next month or two about Ubisoft Plus and where that's going to go, where that's going to live, if it's in conjunction with Game Pass or otherwise. Uh, we did get new details on Avatar, um, which is a Ubisoft yes. t- title. And that's one of my most anticipated of the year. It's in my top four. 
Uh, I really want to see where Frontiers of Pandora goes. Uh, I know their their release window is between April 2023 and March 2024. I'd be willing to bet it's a holiday title or released around the time of, of the Blu-ray home release of Way of Water. Uh, either way, I'm excited for this game, and I really hope it's a big hit because I know we've got a lot of big games in 2023, really huge, but we don't see a lot that's happening right now in the holiday time, short of Spider-Man 2. At least I don't think there's much happening. We know Battlefield and COD probably aren't going to be there. We don't anticipate uh, you know, a new Halo or a new shooter in the shooter space. And we've got Star Wars at the beginning of this year. So I'm not, they might have, you know, holiday kind of to themselves in their genre. Um, I, I hope this is a win for Ubisoft. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And and if I can, uh, if I can pull up one of the questions that uh, I think Fenrir had brought up was uh, that we've mentioned a lot of first person perspective games from Microsoft, what genre is missing or underrepresented. Ubisoft is kind of that third person open world uh gameplay for xbox the way playstation has ghost of tsushima horizon god of war uh you know they they have like spider-man like sony has their third person action adventure games in open world semi-open world uh uh, worlds And, and ubisoft with far cry assassin's creed um you know the wildlands they've they've got that for xbox fans that aren't seeing those games right now from xbox first party studios mm-hmm. and i really want things like hogwarts legacy i was hoping gotham knights would be would be a, a huge hit for folks on xbox because they would be able to play something like that avatars there for me and that's mm-hmm. why i'm worried for ubisoft that's why i think if there was like an acquisition conversation to be had it wouldn't happen now. It might happen in the future because I think Xbox is still very focused on the, the Activision Blizzard thing right now. And they've, they've stated that they don't want to do any additional acquisitions during this time. But I think Ubisoft is a hurt company and Microsoft loves picking up hurt companies to be able to, to bail out uh, to get that content so they can bolster Game Pass. I think Avatar, for me... I hope is one of the bigger games that is is going to really help Ubisoft, but they really need to show confidence with that in their marketing. They have to show off as much gameplay as they can with that. That's a good question and a good point. I think you make it you make a a strong case there for that one. And uh, yeah, I don't have a good answer, man. I'm just I'm curious. I'd, mm. Yeah, I'm glad that they're doing that one. That it's it's like we talked about it last week. How I was hoping that it was going to be kind of the tie in between the movies to kind of give like a little bit of story they've stated that it's going to take place in a different area of pandora and given how big pandora potentially could be i'm kind of cool with them just taking the story and making it its own thing so you don't have to feel like you you have to play the games but it still kind of lives in that world too so i'm of two minds about it but it's it's kind of new good news to get like an idea of where it's going to take place or or if it's going to be directly connected to the films Agreed. Yep. 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 
All right, man, let's transition into listener topics before we depart. We've answered a lot of listener questions, which means that so many more people are writing in, which I'm so grateful to you guys. Uh, thank you. Remember, you can always find us on our socials. Uh, for me, at Insipid Ghost across Hive, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter being my primary at the moment. Uh, and of course, you can leave comments over on YouTube in the comment section there. Uh, and Captain, uh, would you drop your social just so people ever wanted to ping you with questions? Yeah. Yeah. I'm over on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. That's where I spend far too much time. I desperately need help. If anyone can help get me out of Twitter, that would be fantastic. I'm not on. Am I on Hive? I don't know if I'm on Hive, but I'm not using Hive because they 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 got some stuff to figure out. It's too slow. I was really expecting them to be a bit faster. Yeah. Um, And I really want them to speed it up because I'm not happy with Elon. Uh, yeah so i don't want two timelines i don't want to have the one that's for me and then the one that's for me just have one that's for me stop splitting it mm-hmm. well don't worry soon you can have four thousand character limits and there you go. <laughs> uh let's see let's go with uh jose martinez who writes in it's going to be a banger year for games which was which but which announced supposed to be 2023 game do you think is going to get pushed to 2024 i think it's probably a little tongue-in-cheek to say avatar uh, at this point, probably Avatar of the ones that I know about. Uh, but when I look at the list uh, of stuff we made uh, earlier on, I don't know of a big game that I see getting bumped into 2024 that's already announced for 2023. But really? I would you know, not announced. Maybe I'm just not thinking mm. of it. But like we talked about all the Xbox first party stuff. We don't really know outside of the stuff that's coming up soon, like it would Hellblade be an option? No, they've never announced 2023. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Do you have an announced game for 2023 that you see moving to 2024? I would not be surprised if Dead Island 2 gets pushed again. Now, see, would, that's it, an April game. I see that's so No. Uh no, I, I can't. I, I think I'm I'm hoping Dead Island 2 actually comes out. Um I know Suicide Squad's due out in May, but bro, we haven't seen anything on that. Like, true. we've got two trailers, well, and the true. last trailer was good. Yeah, we it was recent. We saw the yeah. Kevin Conroy one. Okay, but we oh that yeah, but do you know what the gameplay looks like for that? Sure, don't, buddy. Sure, neither don't. do I. <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> I don't think I. I I mean, unless the marketing hasn't really ramped up for Suicide Squad, man, like, and, and here's, here's the caveat. Hogwarts is on, is, is on the way. Like it is due out next month. I would not be surprised if they're letting Hogwarts breathe, get the marketing. And then after Hogwarts comes out, uh, you, uh, WB Games starts to push Suicide Squad. And that's when they start to like ramp up their three month uh marketing for that like i would not be surprised if that was the thing but given that we've seen two trailers no gameplay no information about that game bro i would not be surprised if that game gets delayed again there's also the the asterisk that the last two wb games gotham knights and hogwarts each ran into their own levels of pr problems uh gotham knights didn't know what it wanted to be i i love that game but like cut problems Got problems. I think it, you know what I mean? I think it knew what it wanted to be. I just don't think it had enough time to get there. Mm, I don't I think don't, it knew what it wanted to be. Because it had open world uh progression elements and it some of it was like Arkham, some of it wasn't. And then there was 
either way, you run into an uh, a not up to par AAA experience that people wanted. Like it's already tough to have a Batman game that doesn't have Batman. Um, yeah. But then you run into to the Hogwarts problem where people are making it all about J.K. Rowling. Which my advice to everybody: if you love Harry Potter, forget J.K. Rowling. Enjoy your franchise. Um, you've got that PR problem. Nice uh, for audio listeners. He's holding up his shirt, uh, which is Harry Potter themed. So if, if you, if you've got those two that have PR problems, maybe it's a matter of letting those ride it out before you really go heavy into, to suicide squad. Maybe. I don't know. I, I hope so. I hope that's the case. I hope they're letting everything clear the air, the air. I'm hoping they let Hogwarts Legacy speak for itself when it comes out. And then they'll start moving into Suicide Squad. Um, but not having like any gameplay, not having any kind of like we, we've never even seen like in-game footage for that is concerning. And, and I would not be surprised if that May launch date slips. And, you know, especially so here's the fear right and i don't think this is going to happen but this is always one of those things that i look and think like okay this is what happened with cyberpunk maybe this could happen for other games uh but we see cinematic after cinematic when we finally get gameplay there's a ruckus on twitter and that causes a delay whether they want to admit to it or not but that's something I could definitely see if we're talking about if we had to see something that's already been announced that got pushed back to 2024 that would probably that and avatar I think are the two biggest ones that I would probably put money down on if I were a gambling man um but I don't think that's what's actually going to happen maybe arc two (laughs) they have deals with Vin Diesel they can't do that oh you're right yeah because he's He's doing great lately. You know, he's a billionaire, right? Did you know that? He's a billionaire? I'm pretty darn sure he's up there because he owns Fast and Furious. He owns it. He owns Fast and Furious. Somebody can check me on that. But it's fun. Um, But but I did time out. Like, I'm (laughs) I'm over it. But, like, I loved it for a while. Uh, (laughs) Bottom line, like, he that's his thing. So, you know, he's up there making, making good money. Plus, he's Groot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's do one more question. But Logan, I'd like you to pick our final question, sir, because uh, it's about time for us to wrap up. But I don't want to leave so many people hanging. What's our last question for the week? Um. So this is this is one. Let's go with Edward Varnell, who okay. wrote in, said, who do you think is the leading dev at Microsoft Studios? It seems to be 343 has lost its shine and all of ZeniMax is starting to become less interesting with so many delays. Do you think the Coalition and Playground are at the top or do you see Rare taking it? So what do you think? Who, who would you bet on as being the leading developer for Microsoft Studios right now? That's tough because it like, you know, what does leading mean? Are you talking sales? Are you talking recognition or quality? Hard to argue rare uh, because they're consistently evolving a a living platform in Sea of Thieves and uh, taking in feedback, updating things in Sea of Thieves is is marketably better from its launch state. Uh, So hard to argue that one. Hard to argue the quality of Playground games given uh, just how good Forza Horizon is as a franchise. They have not missed once in releasing a game. Uh, but Forza Horizon has less and less notoriety at the moment. The Coalition does incredible work, 
but has gears is not super popular by comparison standards. So it's tough, you know, it's, it's a tough question because it's like, what are you asking about sales? It's gotta be Mojang, right? I, I would argue. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, well, no, no. I thought you were done. I lean towards rare as being probably considered the top current studio out, but I'm, but I'm not counting Zenimax in there because id would probably be my answer there but it makes mm. single player experiences. I know there's multiplayer in their games, but like people don't think of doom as a multiplayer game, right? People don't think of the level editor and the multiplayer elements of, of doom to doom. Uh, the, the second one. Uh, so I, it would probably be my answer, but hard to argue rare. I want it to be coalition, but people just don't click with gears the way I do. Um, and I, I really do think, Redfall and Starfield had to have a chance to make something happen uh, and shift people's mindsets to those being Xbox games. They have a chance to do that. But rare, I think, is my answer. So I should say rare, uh, given the content that I make, that would be the that would be the fanboy thing for me to say. Um, I see all the flaws and all the all the 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 gems that rare does with sea of thieves so i feel like i'm a little biased in that which is why i'm going to try and throw that out before i i talk about the studio that i am going to talk about i love what coalition does with their engine i think they know how to tweak and play around with their with their gears engine so well that they can really adapt to make the best content that they can make it look as good as they can i think they struggle with story Playground is is fantastic. Uh, I think they've they've really nailed down what racing is and what racing racing games should be. I think they have a great idea of how to address the simulation fans as well as the arcade fans out there. Mm-hmm. And Zenimax is is a fantastic get, right? But I think there's one studio out there that is consistently putting out content over the last generation that continuously gets. Um, overlooked and i and i think that's obsidian and we you you brought up avowed and what avowed is i think avowed is skyrim from obsidian's perspective and i can let you know right now that there are certain things from how to talk about this there are certain things from skyrim that are pain points for me that I know we're not going to be in avowed. And I'm looking forward to that because I think it's going to be a little user friendly for people that know what to expect from an Elder Scrolls Skyrim type game mm-hmm. or what people would learn from from the Outer Worlds. But the Outer Worlds, you've got Grounded, you've got Pentiment. All of those games are amazing games from a studio who has a very strong pedigree. And I think that Obsidian right now is kind of the quiet winner because not a lot of people are looking at their guy, their games on, on a, like a franchise level because they've never made sequels. They've, they've constantly just been putting out single and en- entries into their games. Outer worlds two is going to be the first sequel for them. So I think, you really want to keep your eye on what Obsidian's doing because it's a fantastic studio. I've had some good friends there. And I think Avowed is really going to blow people away. I think that it's going to be an exceptional game that 
fans of Skyrim are going to really enjoy that most people aren't thinking about right now because they're so nearsighted about Elder Scrolls coming from Bethesda to be their American RPG medieval game. And I think Avowed is going to take that title from them. Interesting. Okay. You know what? Good arguments. Good arguments. I I think my only weakness in that is that I haven't played. I didn't really. Pentiment wasn't for me. I haven't played Outer Worlds. Not a game for me oh. either. Oh, so. <laughs> it's fun. I love Outer Worlds. I think it's a, it's, it's one of the, the funniest games that I've, I've played next to high on life. Okay, cool, man. There you go. Well, guys, I think uh, I think that's going to wrap us up for the week. Logan, yet another good episode, man. I can't say I enjoy this more than I already do. This is incredible. I'm loving it. I'm, I'm having so much fun, man. It's so good to sit down and chat with you every Saturday. Big time, big time, big time. Well, guys, uh, that is going to do it for us here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost and all the socials at InsipidGhost. Xbox Expansion Pass on all your podcast platforms of choice and over on youtube uh, i do have upcoming interviews in the works uh including one it's a it's an indie title but it is an xbox exclusive uh coming up in the next few weeks if you missed it we are the Ter- caretakers and xbox exclusive and uh sale forth both have interviews in 2023 that have gone live do take a moment and go check those out logan what's happening on your socials uh, where can people find you and what's going on with Keelhauled? so yeah the 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 cookie crisis of 2023 is what's going on with keelhauled right now um we're going to be talking about oreo and how people are getting them um how people are getting them early and uh just if you guys want to talk to me uh head over to twitter if that's where you're able to go if you feel like you want to be on that platform i'm over there at c-a-p-t underscore l-o-g-u-n uh also if you happen to play sea of thieves um, keep an eye out for Captain Logan as a skeleton captain because that's uh, that's my Easter egg in the game. I love sharing photos of that when people find me. So if you see me, tag me on Twitter. I'll retweet it. I love seeing when folks get money off of killing me. It's weird to say. That is weird to say. <laughs> All right. That's it for us, guys. Take care.